Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and on the panel this week, we have Marge from Canada. Hello, hello. Uh, TG, also from Canada. Gotcha, hello. GB from Ireland, and Monkey Do from the Southern East USA. Afternoon from the Southeast. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about germinating cannabis seeds and how to take cuttings and make roots grow on them. So you can start your cannabis grow because by now this is episode six. So we've done five episodes so far explaining step-by-step step how to set up your grow, things to consider, what equipment you're going to need, what mediums you can grow in, what nutrients you can use, where to get your seeds. And now it's all about what to do with those seeds and cuttings to get the grow actually started. So uh, it's pretty simple. This is really, but it, it gets made out to be more complex than it needs to be for a lot of people. The seed, a, a cannabis seed just needs a little bit of moisture and air and water for a couple of days and it will crack open and spit a root out of it and start to grow. This is like one of the easiest seeds to germinate, I think. Do you all think? Yeah. Because there's, yeah. there's loads of seeds that you have to soak for like a month and then do this to it and do that to it. And it's just like with, with a cannabis seed, like within 24 hours, you can see a taproot popping out of it and something growing out of it once it's touched water. It's pretty fucking cool. So uh, I think what we should do first is go through how we ourselves germinate seeds. Marge, what do you, what do, you do to germinate your seeds? You want to go first? Yeah, sure. I don't do anything particularly uh, exciting. I soak them first for about 12 hours or so. And I think you guys gave me that recommendation when you were a guest on my show, Bite Me, the show about edibles. Cool. Shameless plug. And the last, <laughs> <laughs> the last time I germinated them, I think I kind of like left them along and then they had started to germinate in the water and then I just planted them right in the soil. Sweet. Yeah. Nice and amazing. I think I've done that the last couple of times, just soak them and then put them in the soil and that's worked well. Cause I've tried the, like the paper towel method on the plate and it never works for me. Yeah. What about you, JB? What's your method? I'm actually in the process of doing it. As we speak, I have, I, I soak my seeds for 24 hours and then I literally just pop them straight into the small little easy cubes or easy plugs. And, and within 48 hours, I will have a seedling pop up and I've, I have a 98% success rate. So you skip the time. paper towel bit as well? I skip the whole paper towel altogether. I, I've, I've done the paper towel method once. Yeah. And the once I done it, I it, it was either way over over watered or whatever. Or it was too moist, mm. uh, and it was they just disintegrated. I mean, disintegrated, and it, I lost ten seeds. Damn. So I've never done it again since. Yeah, yeah but, I feel like that method's the worst. Yeah, I mm. think so as well. It's just one of them old school methods that it comes from, like the seventies and eighties before we had yeah. good seeds. So and you wouldn't have the feminized seeds. They'd just be like regular seeds from some sensed cannabis plant, right? And they'll they'll mm. germinate a shitload of them with paper towel method to see which ones would actually pop rather than planting a hundred seeds in a hundred pots of soil and only 30 of them actually being anything good. Mm. I think it just comes from them days. And that's the thing, like we, as you said, Mikey, with genetics now, like how many times 
do you not get success rates mm-hmm. with it? Unless you have not stored them correctly or they weren't stored correctly from who you bought them from. Yeah. You know? What are you saying, TJ? Like, What's your method? Usually yeah, I'll put it in water for like 14 hours, 14 to 18 usually. Then I, I like the paper towel method personally. I mean, don't let it dry out. You know, mm-hmm. I think honestly heat is a big big uh, thing that people don't talk about you know everybody uses those seedling heat mats those are if you put your shit right directly on those i find them to be too hot and they can impede germination Mm -hmm. so i always take like a a ceramic saucer you know like a for your pots whatever um and then have like a just an airspace i guess of about an inch maybe between the heat mat and the whatever thing you're using i use like like a an old um caesar salad container for it you know it's just a plastic yeah, thing yeah. that flaps down um and i put my paper towel in that and i keep it moist using a spray bottle because i find if you dump water on it like with a cup or something mm-hmm. you can dump too much and you don't want to drown them but a spray bottle works really well to keep it down so yeah just keep it damp and and like you guys said with good genetics and good fresh seeds chilbert mentioned the older the seeds the harder they are i, I believe that you know that yeah, just mm-hmm. there's more chances for them to be stored shittily my crystalline entity, for example, I'll use that because I just germinated a fuckload of them. Um, they all popped within, you know, three days. Most of them popped over 50% or probably about 70% popped within under 24 hours, you know, because they're relatively fresh and I've properly preserved them. So that's the key. But yeah, water for a bit. Um, there's a lot of people actually big proponents of just leaving it in water. I did that for the last, for my Humboldt run that I was doing. And they that was great too, you know. Um, just leave them in the water until they grow their tap roots. But um, I done that actually with the last ones. I had um, I put them in and I forgot about the fucking seeds and they were still in the press because I, yeah. I put them in for for a day at least. And three days later, I went back and there was like a fucking yeah. two, maybe three millimeter tap root on. on I always, I always thought they'd drown, but I don't know. I guess it works, you know. Mm. So, well, you say monkey? Um, what's your method? Um, well, typically I'll, I'll use a Jiffy, uh, Jiffy cubes, some Jiffy peat cubes, mm-hmm. uh, basically just dehydrated peat moss and a little mesh stocking. But anyway, I'll start with that. Uh, the seeds, I'll, I'll hydrate those and the seeds go into water, let's say overnight in the morning, they go into the Jiffy cubes, which I don't want them really wet. So what I do is I take them out of the water after they've been soaked and I'll put them on a paper towel and wick a lot of that water out of them. I just want them damp. I don't want them soaked. So then I'll put, put the, uh, the soaked seed into that, um, much like TG does, except I don't use a propagation mat. I use the top of my spider farmer light, which just happens to be about 95-ish degrees. Yeah, But perfect. I put a, an upside down a, a jar top on it so that the edges of the jar top on it and then the, the Jiffy Cube is in the middle, kind of insulating a little bit from the heat yeah. and cover it with a humidity dome. And then two days late, the day or two days later, I have germination. It, it's pretty bulletproof. Mm-hmm. That's a good good point about the, the heat thing because the heat mats, like I said, are a bit hot, but I'm just touching my laptop now. If you mm-hmm. have your computer on and it's like it runs all the time, that's a really good temperature. Mm-hmm. The way, you know, it's, it's just slightly warm, you know. If it feels yeah. just slightly warm to your touch, it's probably perfect, you know. You don't want it like yeah. hot, but yeah. And I yeah. just do mine in room temperature nowadays. I just soak them in some water for about eight hours, 10 hours, like overnight. 
not really too strict on the time, but no longer than 24 hours. 24 hours is like the maximum. And then I'll prepare some cocoa because cocoa's inert. It's got no nutrients in it. Because uh, it, as well, if you put the seeds into soil that's too strong, it can shock the taproot and then you stop it from growing altogether. And that's a problem I've had a few times, you know, converting over to organic soil. It's very strong, man. So if you put a seed in that, which has just got a tiny taproot, it can be too strong and just stop the seed from growing altogether, man. That's happened a few times to me. So what I do now is I'll go straight into a small pot of cocoa first. Uh, just soak the seed for about eight to 10 hours and it, no, nothing pops out of it. It doesn't crack or anything. Then I'll just place it like half a centimeter into a hole in the middle of the cocoa, cover it, make sure everything's watered properly and just wait a couple of days and seed always pops, man. Mm. It's, it's the, easy. That's why um, Muggy, you were saying about the Jiffy, the Jiffy pots. Mm -hmm. I, I, I use them as well as the as the easy cubes and yeah, the reason why cubes. i swapped over is because the easy cubes they hold just the perfect amount when you have it it takes like 15 seconds if you submerge mm -hmm. them to soak them up when you take them out you give them just a tiny little squeeze mm -hmm. and boom they're ready to go straight away uh -huh. you know see this that's the trick so really, you have to yeah. keep it, it wet if it dries out in between in the process and mm. that's what happens a lot with the paper towel method. That's what happened when I used to do the paper towel method. I'd forget about it sometimes and I'd come back, check on it, and it's completely dried out. And by then, the the roots and the seeds would have died. So The other part of the paper towel method problem is having the paper towel too wet. You'll actually drown mm -hmm. the seed. Mm -hmm. It has to have some air. You want that paper towel about as... About as wet as a damp sponge, just you know, yeah. you know, moist, not a ringing wet sponge at all. A, yeah, a just damp so it drips. Sponge. Just, it drips yeah. a couple of times. Not even Ar hardly Arthman dripping. Yeah, you know, when you try to germinate the seed, the earth should be moist, not wet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, when you have a fever and you damp a cloth and you put it on That's your forehead, it. just That's like it. that, that kind of Perfect. moisture content. Um, but you're right, though, about the paper towel. Honestly, I think it's more like it is probably a redundant or unnecessary step um, that you can use. I use it just as bakers use yeast or hot water and a little bit of sugar to proof their yeast. You know, you just make sure it's active mm -hmm. um, before you use it. Otherwise it's shit. Yeah. Um, and I, I always hated waiting for these, but yeah, if you have good genetics that you know are solid, um, like the crystalline entity and specifically CF472. <laughs> well, I mean, good point there. If I have had some seeds where I've had some failure in germination and I'll always use the paper towel method as a backup. Mm -hmm. if, if it didn't work the first time, I'll put it in the paper towel so I can double check and see it. Just throw it in the soil so, and let her go too. Yeah, that, that, I think that's just the easiest way for me at least. And oh, yeah. Nature's way, right? Yeah, the nature's way, man. Nature's been doing it fine. Them seeds would fall out of the mother plant onto the ground, lay there for a few months over the winter time, and mm -hmm. then the germinate again. Them. Yeah, just yeah. get warm and it'll be moist down in, in the long grass and they'll just grow their seed into the... Like, do you even need to bury them? If you just leave it on top of the fucking medium, sometimes the man, they sprout in. in the plant because it's so moist, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen that. The, the, the cannabis seeds are so easy to germinate, man. You just have to have that right condition where it's wet, well, not wet, you know, just just moist, damp, not uh, not too cold, not too warm. Make sure that the humidity stays in there. Like wrapping. Uh, Much you want to quickly run over what the paper towel method is. Well, whenever I've tried it, you, you just put your, your seeds out on a plate on a paper towel and keep it, try and keep it moist and then wait for them to pop. 
Mm-hmm. And you, you cover it with a saran wrap, is what you guys call it, right? Cling film. Oh, yeah, I never did that part. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> yeah. Saran is actually a brand name. Like, yeah, saran wrap is, is the brand. But yeah. Yeah. Cellophane. The, yeah. yeah, the plastic wrap. I never did that part. That's probably why it always dried out on me. <laughs> Keeping the humidity in is, is massively important, man. And that's something that I missed out in my method is when I've uh, watered the cocoa. And say I've got four seeds and they're all planted half a centimeter down in the center of the one liter. I say it's just a small one liter of pop cocoa. Seeds are in the middle. Then I'll get a plastic cup and I'll put that over the top to hold in the humidity. And, and that always helps, man. But when Because if you've got fans blowing at it, it's going to evaporate all the, the moisture from the top of the medium too quickly, which can dry out the seed. So if you put a cup over the top and just leave it there for two or three days and you'll see a green shoot come out of there within a few days man it happens really quick but uh paper towel method is like march says you get a saucer you'll put another paper towel on where you'll put a paper towel on top of that saucer and you'll spray it with some water to make sure it's damp you'll get your seeds and you'll place them onto the paper towel and cover those again with two paper towels spray that with water so that's damp so like the seeds are sandwiched then in between the two pieces of uh kitchen roll is a good one to use and then well, you put I'm another saucer over the top and wrap yeah. it in cling film. And yeah, yeah. so it holds in all the moisture. And then you just about good. Yeah. Just go to the store. We all buy a bunch of like, you know, salad containers. My, my thing is a, is a salad container. It literally is. It's a clamshell. Like think of how a clamshell opens up mm-hmm. that, but you just snap mm-hmm. it shut. It's plastic. So it keeps the moisture in really good. And, you know, it's recycling or reusing, which is good too. Um, Using is better than recycling because um, you don't the, have to do anything to it. Yeah. Exactly. So anything you have that can contain moisture, doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is. Ziploc bags, Sparky mentioned, yeah, those yeah. work too. Mm-hmm. So they just want to grow it. Just make them wet and let them do their thing. And within a couple of days, you should see taproot. And mm-hmm. then you have cuttings as well. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Marge. I just to say the cup of water I find is the easiest one. And there's a lot less waste too. Mm-hmm. I just find, I think the easiest way I've come across so far. I haven't left one in water for too long, so I wouldn't know about that but i've seen people just leave seeds in water and they just germinate by themselves and after a few days it's got its own taproot so it, you know and after three days if you don't see taproot in uh, if you're using the paper towel method if you planted it in the soil then give it like five or six days and you should see a shoot after that that amount of time and if you don't then there might be a problem and you go for a little bit of a dig but most of the time 95 percent of the time the the cannabis is going to pop and grow a little white tap root like just a couple of centimeters in length and then you have to plant that into the medium once it's grown if you haven't already planted it and it's just about that easy from there but you can get cuttings as well right some people tg you want to go on about cuttings how to plant a cutting and things like that i mean it's rooted already mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah a clone in I think a cutting is an unrooted clone, essentially. Yeah, if we yeah, want to get into yeah. the semantics, but yeah, once it's cloned, you can just plant that. You know, it's essentially like going to your greenhouse and buying any plant, like you would buy your flowers for the springtime, yep. and you just plant those in your flower bed. That's what a clone is. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy. You just got to make sure that they're not infested with fucking bullshit or something, because yes. um, that can happen very easily if they're not properly maintained. But taking cuttings is the art of cloning, I guess. And uh, that's, I don't know, are, are we talking about how to make a cutting? 
No, no, like clone? no, not really. I? I mean, we, we'll just... go into it briefly, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, to, to be, be discussed further on down the line, I think. Sure. But, you know, in most in most places where you can buy cuttings, it will probably come with already having roots on it, and it exactly, yeah, yeah, it's a plant, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just a small yes. plant that you're mm-hmm. buying. It's kind of like a two week head start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, so you'll probably buy the cuttings with the roots on, and you can just plant them as if it was a transplant. So it's nice and easy. Yeah. But, uh, Dig a hole, put plant in, water. Yeah, where you it. go, that's a clone. I mean, this whole germination thing is a bit easy, isn't it? So a bit of a short grow guide's going on right here. <laughs> well, a lot of new growers really make a big deal out of germination, and mm-hmm. I think they overstress and overthink it. You know, yeah. the, the proper amount of moisture is, is a key factor. You know, not too much, not too little. The proper temperature. You, if you dial in the basics, you're not going to have any problems. You know, the but, proper you know, temperature is not too hot, but not too warm, not too yeah. cold. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. You know, 80 to 90 degrees would be great for your germination cycle. You know, I wouldn't go, you know, 60 probably would germinate. Fahrenheit, I'm talking about these numbers. I'm sorry, guys. I know we're international here. Just old <laughs> habits, the way it is. But yeah, if you go too cold, your germination might might go slow. And sometimes if your germination is too slow, the taproot may die before it establishes. So, you know, just get, the, get your temperatures correct. Get your, your moisture in that sweet spot. And just wait for it, mm-hmm. you know, a couple, That's three it, days, patience. usually. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's taken, what's the longest it's ever taken you guys to have, have a, a seed pop? Some have still happened after many years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know, about seven days, I think, is the longest I've waited for. One. I'm I about the same on that, that, about a yeah. week, yeah. Then I'd have to go, you know, doing the wrong thing, digging down and seeing if the seed died. I'm usually about day four on digging. And that's when I'll see whether the taproot has popped out or not. And most of the time it is, as long as it's been kept wet, then it's uh it's usually it's usually popped. But if I haven't covered it with something or moisture's been getting out because the cup wasn't properly secured on the top, then they, mm-hmm. they will have problems then. But most of my losses from the seeds, you know, because I've recently gone from growing in cocoa to growing in soil instead and it's strong soil as well it's got all the amendments in it before the grow starts so i've planted seeds straight into that soil and they've, they've like you, you pick the seed up after like five days and you check in tiny taproot just a couple of millimeters in length but that's it. it's like it's shocked and stayed at that point because it's got in contact with the soil and the soil is just too strong so this is always important if you're going to go that way. If you're growing in soil, don't plant straight into that soil. You can get potting soil specifically for it, but I think cocoa is the best. Just take a big handful out of the middle of the pot and put cocoa in there instead and just plant the seed in there, water it a little, and just wait for a few days. Then the seed, when it pops out, when the taproot pops out, the seed, it will grow into the cocoa. That doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it. All the plant will just keep growing out the roots for a while and feed off this the food that's actually inside the seed and that it's just so much easier that way the roots get long enough to hit the food in the soil and then they're big enough to to take what's in there it doesn't shock them so much you can buy something called seed starting mix in a lot of garden centers and it's basically just peat moss and, ver- and uh, perlite yeah uh, no no, uh, no nutrients in it but it will do exactly the same thing you're talking about doing with cocoa yeah a good question there from steve d when is good to take the dome off as soon as the seeds sprout or leave it up for a week or so well as soon as the uh as soon as the green pops out from the soil you want light on it 
and you want as much light as possible, you know, so take the humidity domes off, make sure you have a breeze blowing at the plant as well, even though it's small, have a, a you know, just a light breeze, because that will make sure as the plant grows, the stem will grow thick to try and withstand this constant breeze it has. And that stops it from stretching too much. Uh, the, the stem, when it first shoots, it will stretch if it's too far away from the light for one or it doesn't have enough light. You know, if you keep it on the windowsill, the sun's shining at it and the, then it's just going to stretch and be really tall and the stem will be weak and it will fall over and just break eventually. And to prevent that happening, you bring the light down to the right level. Usually it's around 18 inches, 18 to 24 inches is what, what uh, lights are usually kept above seedlings as long as it isn't something too powerful. Specifically talking about the humidity, though, uh, I don't use domes personally. I did have a dome on because I made a silly video about using a chicken container mm. as a germination station. But um, my humidity is right now is about 12% downstairs. Um, and my shit germinates just fine. You know, maybe it's not optimal, but um, I wouldn't put too much thought into like, oh my God, it's not humid enough, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just keep the soil moist. Don't let the tiny little probably single root dry out because if that single root dries out, you're fucked. You know, yeah, yeah. bigger plants have more robust ability to withstand drought, but little plants don't. So mm -hmm. soil is more important to keep moist than the air. It does help with <clears throat> respiration, but yeah. And that being said though, you said keep it moist. We didn't say drown the seed now. That's right. Mm -hmm. Not like fucking, you know, you stick your hand in and it comes out and it's you're, you can no. wipe the water off your finger. You don't want no, that. No, 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 no. Like a damp sponge. That's yeah. right. That root needs air as well. So that you have to kind of balance that air and water. That's what the, your, your seedling needs. Perfect and it, balance. And when, when that green comes, when you see green coming across the surface at this point, it's like, it's harder to kill than ever. <laughs> Once you've got to that point, you're pretty much off. As long as you keep it watered and well-fed, you'll get to the end of your harvest. Domes, though, massive. Like, they're, you can't do clones without domes. Those are where those come in more into play. When you're actually making cuttings, you have to keep them at 100% humidity for, like, the duration until they root, or else mm -hmm. they can't. They'll, they'll die. And that's you know? where your propagators we'll, come in useful. Exactly. We'll get into that when we get into cloning. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I'll use domes. I have um, germinated seeds in an uh, auto run while it's in, in full run and had to uh, have the fans and everything going on, things like that. So in those situations where I'm germinating seeds in another tent where I have lots of airflow and things like that, I'll use the dome, but I'll crack the dome. Uh, I don't want the fans blowing on the seedling, but I want that seedling to have a little bit of air. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll like take a pencil or something and stick it under one, one corner of the dome to get airflow yeah, yeah, underneath nice. it or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's a useful trick. Uh, I like, like I take a two liter soda bottle and I'll cut the top off of it. And I use the part that has the cap on it for the dome because I can take the top off and let that plant breathe. And that way I can shelter it from the outside environment, the air, whatever else problems I might be having in that tent. So yeah, you know, keep the dome on, make sure you get ventilation through that dome. You saying something to that, TJ? No, I just agreeing from afar. That's yeah. right, I said. <laughs> I mean, that's it. And just like everything else which we've covered so far, there's uh, different methods here, and they all work just as well as each one. You know, none is any less successful than the other. You just have to, again, find which way is going to work best for you. It's, it's nice and easy. It's funny because we really don't talk about these, these methods very often, but when we do talk about it, most of us do are doing very similar things. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like just we all soak the seed, thing. right? We all soak the seed for six to eight hours. 
yeah. pretty much. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You so, want yeah. the enzymes to be awakened and start doing their shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're right. Effectively, we're all doing it's it's the same three things. I think Bubble Hawk said it earlier. You know, like moist, dark, and uh, warm. What the fuck was the other one? Warm, warmish. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And as long as you you uh, achieve those three things, then you should be good, no matter how you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And these can be kept in the dark as well while they're germinating. Some people like to put the light on, but it's not really necessary. That's good for temperature. It'll keep the room at a nice temperature and they'll be get used to that and they'll, they'll germinate. But mm-hmm. they don't need the light until that green pops out. And when, when you see the green pop out, that's when the light's needed for the plant. So, so don't worry about that. Until in a propagator in the, in the veg tent. Yeah, that's a good way to do it, man. You know, if you yeah. already got a veg tent running, then, then for sure just pop them in there. Because as soon as, as soon as they do come out, they, they've already got that light mm-hmm. ready, boom, straight to, to hit them. Mm-hmm. Unless CD there, he got a really, really good point about watering seedlings. It's really easy to overwater them. So he uses a spray bottle. I do this too. So just a mist onto the, the surface and let it soak mm-hmm. in slowly instead of just fucking drowning them with a watering can. Yeah. Much better I, way to do it. I use a small little 10 mil syringe. Yeah, sure. That and works just too. Dip a little dip, dip a little dripper in at a time. Yeah. So yeah. then, at what point would you consider that your plants are not a seedling anymore? Uh, when the first true leaves are starting to form. Yeah. Really. But this That's is it. Yeah. Like yeah. So, uh, just in case you, you don't mm. know for the listener, uh, when the seed pops out of the, the ground initially, it won't have them serrated leaves that we're all used to seeing on a cannabis plant. They'll so have two little round leaves and they're called cataloidans are they yeah they'll be still on the ends of your plants an awful lot of time when you're looking at them at the end of harvest these like little flaps hanging out yeah just little round ones yeah you can kind of think of them like the yolk you know how like a baby chicken eats the yolk as it before it hatches Mm. before it eats normal food that's Mm. what cotyledons are for the plant their primary food so they do start photosynthesis yeah. but they also feed the plant because they look a lot different and here's a fun fact if anybody eats hemp hearts you guys know what hemp hearts are right yeah that health food shit you know what you're eating cotyledons oh, wow. that's what those that's what they are they're just ungerminated cotyledons they're white because they don't have any chlorophyll in them because they haven't mm. generated any chlorophyll because they weren't told to by germination. So they're still white in dar- dar- uh, dormancy, basically, but they're tasty as fuck. And they're loaded with oil, which the plant uses, you know, all that energy in there, that's what mm-hmm. the plant uses to grow as a seedling. So we also eat that shit because it's good, but fun yeah. fact, right? Grow that's greens. pretty cool. Mm, and grow greens. Yeah. Yeah. Hemp hearts are actually cotyledons, but uh <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, so it's all very easy to do and it might sound difficult to start with and might seem complex, but eventually you just throw in seeds into glasses of water and then chucking them into something else to get it done. It, after a few turns, you realize how easy it is. But that, that first time germinating the seed, it can be intimidating, man. You, you really don't want to fuck that shit up when you spend 50 quid on these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the thing. They're not fucking cheap. Mm-hmm. Especially if you, you can't get them. You know, I remember when I ordered way, way back in the day, you know, when it was still illegal here, I did, mm-hmm. I have been growing in, you know, for a while. So I remember ordering seeds and I was like, it got one, the one got caught by customs and I was fucking devastated because mm-hmm. where the fuck am I going to get seed? I didn't know, you know? So yeah, you gotta, I mean, 
And even now, you know, if I only have one seat, if someone ordered a seat or gave me a seat, I only have one or two, I'm just like anxious as fuck until it germinates. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, it's just the way it is, but don't worry about that. It'll, it'll germinate if you follow our easy rules that we just went through. That's right. And regarding feeding as well, you don't really feed seedlings anything. If no. you're in cocoa and hydroponics, then you'll keep it. You'll have to set up um, a low EC. But for soil, you don't give anything to uh, seedlings. Just keep the water going. Don't water yeah. too much, of course. You know, just normal soiling method. Normal soiling. Normal soiling. What the fuck? Normal watering routine will do just fine <laughs> in <your> soil. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you're growing in cocoa or hydroponics, then the seedling is gonna need food straight away but that should already be in the medium you know and now the seeds already planted you should have put that in beforehand but you know uh you put your seed in water for your six to eight hours and you're going to go into rock wall if you're going for dwc or nft or something like that or you're going into cocoa then you want to water that cocoa or that rock wall before the seed even goes into it so it's already wet already moist it's already got nutrients in it just a small amount it doesn't need to be a super strong ec and we'll explain what that means on the next episode mm-hmm. uh, just you know a little bit of food let the thing you know, just grow and do its thing and there's food Ooh. available for it in the medium it will grow nice roots and it will be happy there's one really one really important thing don't forget the mycorrhizal fungi huh? yeah yeah well we, i was thinking about coming to that bit because we need to talk uh, about the, uh, the the microbes and shit that can help, but they're not necessary. I mean, you can not. have them and they help, but you, it's you don't need these things to make yeah. the. And there's uh, more than one pop. way to, to yeah. There's more than one way to introduce them. So you know, lots of different good ways to get these microbes in there too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, whether or not you need them or not, or um, if you are going to use them, you want to apply them directly to the root, and by Dumping them. What I do when I plant my germinated seedling with the taproot sticking out is I make my little hole. I think you guys have probably seen the, the videos. There's one on my channel and one on Percy's. Uh, yeah, the one on Percy's planting. got like 80,000 views or something. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, all it is is fucking take like a popsicle stick and make a little slit. And then in that slit, before you put your seed, just dump a little mycorrhizal powder in there. You don't need very much at all because all you want to do is get it contact with the roots so then they can start doing their thing if that's what you're into, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it's really easy. And anytime you transplant, just dump more powder on the roots. That's it's fucking, yeah, that's nice all there is to it, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Anyway, yeah, mycorrhizal rules. I mean, it helps, but it's not 100% <laughs> necessary. I mean, it helps more if you're growing in soil as well. If you're growing in hydroponics, say that you're growing in yeah, uh, yeah. DWC and shit like that, then yeah, yeah, you don't it want won't help shit. so much. Yeah. All the, like the microbes, what they do is they, they make the nutrients in the soil that are maybe not as available as they could be more available and also interact with the roots by giving them stuff. It's like a, a reward win-win situation kind of Symbiotic thing. Symbiotic relationship. Yeah, exactly. That's, like the, the, that's the scientific word. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if there's no stuff for them to work on like in a hydro situation then maybe they're not as useful obviously so mm. yeah but it is really fucking easy man anybody who hasn't done it yet then of course we encourage you to do so <laughs> go out there get yourself some seeds if you don't know where to get seeds from listen to last week's episode and it's all laid out before you in front of all you know the whole the whole process all the episodes before this one lead up to this and we're going to carry on with more next mm. week 
we'll talk about uh, vegetation next week, I think. But in, after a couple of weeks of just growing and, you know, feeding the plant, then it'll grow its true leaves. It'll look a little bit more like a cannabis plant, and then it'll start going into the, the vegetative stage, which we'll cover next week. But that's about it for the seedling stage, really. It's very easy. Just put the seed in some soil, and it can be just a week, uh, two weeks after you, you've put water on that seed and planted it then you'll have a little cannabis plant two weeks. Yeah. That's all it takes. And then well, you veg for a few weeks and flower. That bit takes a while, but seedling stage very quick. We say monkey. I was going to say, maybe we should talk a little bit about helmet heads because evident, you know, eventually somebody's going to oh, come yeah. up with helmet heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what do you do? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you go for them? Well, helmet head, basically what that means is, you know, when your plant comes up, the seed coating may split or all or part of it may not release from the plant. So you basically got this little, you know, little stem with a little seed ball on top and the plant just can't get rid of it. So you got to You got to do something here. Uh, the best heads. thing to do is wait and be patient and the seed will break it off. Not always. Well, I've had seeds actually die because I didn't, didn't react really? on it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It mm -hmm. might have always eventually broke through. The one, the first thing you should always do is keep that seed coat uh, moist. So don't mm. don't be afraid to take a drop of water and put it on that seed head and do that for you know a while, unless that'll give the plant a better chance of, yeah. of of shucking itself off. And then if you have to, you go in very carefully with a pair of tweezers or a probe or something like that, and very carefully crack that seed coating off of it, and you, your seed will be okay. Those things are tougher than you, than you give them credit for. So sometimes you may even break one cotyledon completely off. Yeah, and as long, as, long that, as it man. has one, you can still have a healthy plant. But try like that's a like last resort. After five or six days, if it hasn't come off, then you want to try and tacking it like that. But sometimes the like, seed just doesn't crack. Like you, it's yeah. it's hard to even like because they're so delicate. Like you said, you know. Um, and the seed, if it isn't cracked, you can't really just crush it because mm -hmm. and crack it like an egg because you'll crush the, the plant. Yeah. Um, you can't stick your tweezers in there because there's nowhere to stick them. I had to do this a bunch just recently because my crystalline entities, there was a few that did have the helmet heads. And I always feel like fucking Richard Attenborough in Jurassic Park, you know, with that <laughs> velociraptor, like, come on, come on. I always actually say that in my head when I'm doing this. Giving birth. Yeah, it's like, oh, there you are, little fucking whatever this fucky says. But yeah, it's always covered in like like that internal film from the seed and shit. So you yeah, can that feel membrane. that off too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just like the Velociraptor. But um, you gotta you do have to be really careful. And um yeah, I actually killed one of mine, I think, doing that because I ripped it off. Yeah, I've killed a couple too. before doing this. So yeah, if you have to do it, yeah, be if you very have to. careful. Mm -hmm. Be very careful. Give and it a it, chance first. Yeah. yeah, and if you're unsure. Head over to PussySquareRoom.com and, you know, there's people there who can answer the questions for you, man. Just take a picture of it, put it up, and we'll tell you what you should do. But it's probably best to just wait. And it, usually yeah. it does its own thing and figures itself out. Just give it time. They're pretty smart, these plants are. They know what they're doing. You just got to <laughs> give them what they need, and then we find just doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, they cool. want to survive. Mm -hmm. so. Life will find a way. Also from Jurassic Park. Another Jurassic yeah. reference. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Yeah, man. What movie did I watch this week, man? I, I watched Waterboy yesterday. That's what I watched. <laughs> Baba Boucher. Yeah, that's a fucking funny movie. What's man. for dessert? Bam! Squirrel. My little girl was like, why does he keep <laughs> making that noise? You know, that. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's this is after people. party. After party. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, 
because we have a few questions now we should get to from the listeners here as well. From Sparky, Sparky's got a couple of questions for us. Uh, just thinking about new cannabis growers such as myself, how about these? With photo period plants, when slash how does one know to flip to flower? So, mm. well, with auto flowering oh. plants, that will do it by themselves. You'll start seeing the, the, the signs of flowers showing. So that one's an easy one. That will just do its thing. But photo period plants, uh, what are you saying? You want to cover that one, Marge? When would you flip to flower? This is a really great question because the last time I've been growing was outdoors, so just the sun did it for me. Right. <laughs> and in, and I'm my micro grow right now. I haven't. Well, I just started with the twelve twelve light cycle. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say monkey. What would you do? Well, it depends upon my growth space and and the uh, the actual seed that I'm growing. I mean, some some strains like the like to really take off and, and grow fast in the early veg and some are a little bit slower. I can remember like LA peyote kush when we all grew that one, that was just mm. a rough one to get going early on, but once you got it rocking. So based upon the plant size and then the size of the tent I have, I'm going to go ahead and grow that plant up to a point where I, where I think when I flip the switch that I will maximize my capacity in the tent. I can't give you an answer saying, you know, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. It's like, okay, Usually, if you look at the information on a strain, they will give you an indication whether it stretches a lot or a little, or you can ask a question at Percy's and, and somebody will probably know. But based upon that information is where I base when I flip the switch. Um, usually Three. for photo Three periods, down. usually four to five weeks in. Mm -hmm. What are you saying, TJ? Say something. Yeah, I was just, that was a great answer um, by Monkey. And the point he made about whenever you're at the point where you're going to maximize your canopy space, that is it, mm -hmm. whatever that means for you and whatever size tent you're running. Um, yeah. Cause and that's the whole key to this, you know, no wasted space. And yeah, commercial grower, uh, first commercial grow I ever went through was in Colorado. And that was one point I do remember the, the grower saying was that if, if any light reaches the floor of the grow room, he's losing money. And so that's kind of what I base my grow upon is, is, is the canopy capturing all the light that I'm putting out. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what my aim you know, is. Like heat your house with leaving some of the windows open, you know, you're going to really, what the fuck's really. the point of that, right? So fill up your, fill up your grow space. Well, about two thirds of the, fill up about two thirds of the grow space. And then when the stretch comes for the first yeah. two weeks of flower, yeah, then yeah, you I'm, can I'm, fill out the, that will fill out the rest and it will get there to you. Go. That's, what, that's what I'm referring to. Fill out your grow space when mm -hmm. you're in flower completely. Yeah. yeah, and you have to wait four or five weeks as well from seed before the plant will reach maturity, and it won't flower before then. Right? I am uh, right saying that. Right? I didn't flower at seventeen days. That's kind of my mm. record. Yeah, that's right you, from yeah, 12, 12. Yeah, I've yeah. seen them as low as like three weeks. Uh, they'll flower, but it depends upon the strain. It doesn't, yeah, like Tia's sure. saying, yeah, oh. exactly. What are you saying, GB? Yeah, it's really monkey and teach kind of hit it on the head. That's it's what I would have said as well. Uh, you great, you veg it out as as much as you want to. You can grow them out straight under twelve twelve like teach does. Depending, it really depends on your space. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've flipped mine certain ones and I put them into the flower tent just because I didn't particularly need to have a big plant. I just wanted a different flavor. So I only a small little tent or plant done perfect for me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, we just did so. an interview with a with a legal medical grower, and uh, he has a five plant limit, so he likes to veg him a little longer because he's going to get his five plants worth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Hey man, so good question. Nice one, Sparky. We have another one from Sparky as well. We got three questions from Sparky. What the fuck's going on here, bro? <laughs> uh, would you recommend that a new grower try super super cropping? And if so, what tips do you have for a new? Maybe like when it's best to do it, how not to break stems or bends supports better than tape. Are bends type supports better than tapes? And bends are just like little clips that go on the branches. But uh, super cropping is, I wouldn't say it's good for a new grower. Try it if you want to. It's, it's not going to be um, too complex, really. It's nothing too crazy. But it's just, these, there's other things to learn in the first grow. It's better to just wait for that stuff for the second grow, the third grow. Get yourself some weed first. Make sure that you've got some weed for you to smoke so you're not going out buying shit. And then go on crazy experiments. And you, you just want to make sure that you have enough first before you go and do these uh, different things to, you know, play around a little bit more. That's what I think. What, what would you say, Monkey? <clears throat> uh, super cropping scares the heck out of most new growers because you're basically going to crush the plant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's what you're wrapping your head around. If you're if you're a new grower and you're curious about it, I'd say sure, try it. I mean, you're going to have to try it sooner or later anyway. Mm -hmm. GB is not gonna... absolutely necessary, but it's not hard to do. Hey, GB's got a good way to not break the stems, which is I was just going to times. say, yeah. Um, if a very handy little trick is if you get a five euro note or any bank note that you have and just wrap it around it tight and then bend it over. And what it'll do is it'll actually bend and it'll break all the things inside the stem, but it won't actually crack the skin. So you won't get any nasties or anything getting into it. And it'll actually kill it, it'll form a nice knuckle and everything on it. Yeah, and that's the idea of super cropping is to break the inside of the plant stem without breaking the skin on the outside because you don't want contaminants getting in there and you don't want shit leak, leaking out of it either. But even if that does happen, I mean, I've been training my plants and we've all done it. Well, anybody who's trained their plants, you're training away and then snap. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, look, this is this whole fucking bit has fallen off. And if you just tape that back on, it, then things are usually fine after a couple of days. I mean, it might look like shit for a couple of days, but then... It will yeah, get some moisture going through it and it will, it will do just fine, man. So don't stress have, too much. As long as you have a good bit of the out, outer flesh still intact, it will repair itself. But mm -hmm. you know, if you got like what two thirds of it broken off or something like that. No, I've com completely broken off before and it's been fine. I've not, I've not been successful with, with that bad of a break. Mm -hmm. And I'll you, usually just cut my losses and, and adjust training in that case. Yeah. I had to, I had to do it on my very first grow. Um, and it was just because the fucking plants were like fucking nearly six. Well, I say they were, would have been six and a half foot tall mm -hmm. had I not bent them down. And it was just because I had too big a space with a small, too small a light. There was just, supposed to be two um, in there. Like <laughs> I'm just dealing with a grow that way where, you know, outreached my tent. Yeah. It's a shame when it happens as well, especially on the forest. But it didn't, it didn't, it mess up my grow at all like i had a fucking unbelievable yield off that um off that grow yeah, so we have another one here from uh from sparky as well yes the third one sparky. thank you sparky <laughs> for your questions bro uh <clears throat> if you are an organic soil grower what are good flowering newts to use are any bioavailable sooner than others just trying to help out with questions it's good sparky nice one man and tg this is uh your kind of thing this 
this soil? I don't, I don't know. Just keep feeding the plant, you know, lower the nitrogen. If, if you're feeding, I guess like, like, I don't even actually know if that's particularly true. I think that they do use a little bit less nitrogen and, mm-hmm. and in just traditional horticulture, phosphorus and potassium are used to bulk up the flowers, whether it's flowers, actual flowers or tomatoes or whatever the fuck you're growing the fruiting bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, I, I don't add anything extra at that point. I'm probably adding in some Epsom salts because my magnesium is maybe a bit depleted in my super soil, but my soil lasts me right till the end. I don't fucking add shit, man, for flowering newts. So I don't really, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of keeping it simple and, uh, you know, applying traditional horticultural uh, uh, theory, I suppose, to cannabis growing. I, I don't buy into those flowering booster shit. And well, molasses is a good one you can add to the organic soil, right? For a PK boost. Uh, molasses doesn't, it's mostly, it's sugar. It doesn't really have, it has low levels of iron. I know that, but I don't think it's particularly high and maybe it's got a bit, but, uh, I think, yeah. And it's more like food for the microbial population in there than, uh, like plants don't eat sugar. They make sugar using photosynthesis and carbon dioxide. Uh, so they don't need, they don't absorb it in the roots per se, as far as I know. So. Yeah, it's for the yeah. microbes to eat yeah, and yeah. shit out. Which does help the plant in gentler, you know, but not primarily. It's more of a secondary result. So, yeah, bloom, I don't know, blooming newts in soil. I would just say, yeah, just lower your nitrogen a bit and up the, the phosphorus, potassium. Don't cut anything out, but, um, yeah. See, I've, I, 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 get, <laughs> I get into some trouble with my soil at the, uh, near the end, like in the last four weeks or so of flower. Then uh, I, I've just gone and got some old timers PK thirteen, no, it's uh, four eighteen or something. I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what the exact levels, but I've been using that to keep them happier towards the end, and it's worked. But it seems to go through nicely for um, I don't know the whole say twelve weeks or something. But then for the last few weeks, I get a bit of trouble, and it's the same as well. Magnesium is a problem, so I like to give a spray of Epsom salt as they're go- just going into flower, give them some Epsom salts for their, um, for the magnesium. I will, I will say I am using a 15, 30, 15 plus chelated micros in my, in my strawberry cough and my micro grow. Cause mm. as I mentioned in my last video, it's way bigger than all the other plants. So it's got a lot more hunger in that, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. And it, the super soil has been depleted, which is normal for me. I'm surprised the other ones haven't been, to be honest. So I've been feeding with like, you know, basically a locally made miracle grow product, not miracle grow, but like it's called rapid yeah. something, something, but yeah, 15, 30, 15 plus, you know, you know, your boron and manganese, whatever the fuck else is in it. And a little bit of Epsom salts. That's what I do if I need to finish a, a plant mm-hmm. for flowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good question and good answers. Uh, how close? And one from SG too. So I think this will be the last one. It says, how close to the top of the soil do the roots grow? It's like they will grow right to the top, even on the surface. Yeah, yeah. I've got some on the surface. Yeah. yeah. That's where most heavier, heavier feeding roots will be down deeper. But yeah, there's a lot of roots up right up on the soil surface. No, I think the, the what the upper ones, if I'm not mistaken, are, are more into the air and things like that. And deep, deeper tap roots go for the moisture. Yeah, man, they even like turn into stem-looking things. 
oh, after yeah. a while towards the end there. Super cool. If they, if they had the bottomless pot, man, they would. I would. If you take a look at what they look like at the end, it's crazy. That's as much much uh, root down there as there is a plant above the soil. Mm-hmm. You see DWC grows, but their buckets are just completely filled with root. It's crazy, man. I have on my logo as above, so below. You know, mm-hmm. it's a reference to uh, hermeticism, obviously too, but uh, it makes absolute sense in this case, which maybe is actually the point of it too. You know, so healthy roots, healthy shoots, as they say. Indeed. Healthy fruits. Yeah. If you look at some of these can of bonsai things that you see on the internet, you can actually see some of them have actually exposed the upper level of the roots. So you can actually see how the plant grows. They'll wash away the soil and put it on a rock or something like that just for show. Mm-hmm. Looks cool, man. Oh, we should do some does. of these cannabis bonsai. Oh, that's a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. And keeping the plant that small as well. Difficult. Never understood how to do it, but there's some really, really good people or people that are really good at it. Mm-hmm. doing it yeah hey man so i think that's everything we have to say for germination and cloning right now the next episode we go on to the vegetative stage i suppose so there we go everybody that was this week's uh, grow guides this was all about germination and cloning and there's still a lot to this so if you need any help at all or you have any questions head over to percysgrowroom.com sign up to the forum post the thread and we'll be able to help you with any questions that you have it's really easy to do it it just sounds complex so get started man just get your seeds get some good seeds from a good seed bank pop them and get ready to grow some weed man you won't look back once you've started doing it and the, the actual grow has begun it all becomes a lot easier and you realize how easy this whole process is and you wish you'd been doing it for years so get your seeds germinate them and begin the grow next week we're going to be talking about the vegetative stage and we'll talk about some topping and some training and the best way to get through the vegetative stage of the growth but it's all really easy i hope you're enjoying the series so far please leave a review on whichever podcast network you listen to the show on and head over to youtube.com slash high on homegrown and subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already we have a live session there every friday so you'll be able to come and join us and ask questions and just chat in about things in general with us on fridays then we have the main show on sunday nights and you can come and join us there too yeah thank you very much for listening It's been a pleasure as usual. We'll catch you at the session tonight or on Sunday for the main show or for the next show on Monday, which is the cannabis news. Been a pleasure. See you on the next one. Goodbye.